I'm Angela. You are listening to The Farmer. This is episode three, and we'll be talking about raising meat rabbits today. This is going to be part one of at least two, possibly three parts. So, um, first off, I want to address my previous episode. <laughs> After listening to it, um, I hope I didn't scare you off. It kind of seems like I was a Debbie Downer. Um, in it was not my intent to try and scare you away from getting into farming, but what I want is for you to be successful. And I feel like, you know, part of what spurred this on was a conversation I overheard between my boss and her client, um, who was talking about her daughter, who, you know, and I've I've heard this story slowly over time, but, you know, now this girl's up to, like, uh, 40 chickens and almost 20 goats and Lord knows what else. And, um, you know, I kind of asked, I said, well, like, what's her plan? And long story short, it sounds like there isn't really a plan. Um, She's in a tough financial spot because these animals cost money. Um, she, you know, she's got all these goats. I don't know how many of them are actually females, but she's like, oh, well, she plans on milking them. There's a big call out there, you know, in that area for like milk for soap. And I kind of thought you're not going to sell like 20 gallons of milk a day for soap and you can't sell it for human consumption unless you're a licensed facility and doesn't sound like that's her plan. And you know, and, and just all these things. So even though I was planning on doing an episode about getting started, I, I maybe was a little more like, what are you going to do? What's your plan? Than I needed to be. Um, and in some ways that was intentional because I do kind of want to scare you away if you're not going to think about all the aspects of farming. Um, but on the other hand, I don't want to discourage anybody from getting getting started in farming. Just because you maybe don't have a lot of um, background or experience doesn't mean that you can't get it. I just want you to start off on the right foot. Don't jump in too fast. Uh, and that is part of this person's problem, you know, that, I, that I'm talking about. Um, she got in too quick. She got in over her head. She's having trouble feeding them, paying the bills, that kind of thing. And some of these animals are just not making her money. And, and that's fine. You can do it as a hobby if you can afford it. But where, where I have troubles is once, you know, once you can't really afford to keep a pet or 20 pets, um, who's going to suffer? It's going to be the animal. They're going to get less feed than they need. And, you know, when things start to stretch, the animal's the one that suffers. So that's kind of why I was, I was being maybe a little more harsh than I needed to be. Um, so I want to apologize if I scared anybody off. Um, I guess that was not in my intent, but when I went back and listened to the episode, I did feel a little bit bad. Like I was maybe a little bit cranky about it and that was not my intent so um let's just jump into some farm updates here um so the puppy that was born um let's see he is like eight days old now um I've not slept in eight days (laughs) 
the longest stretch I think I've slept is um, three and a half hours. So um, puppy is doing well now. He was not doing well. Um, he had he had initially gained right away. Um, you know, he had colostrum, and um, ultimately, what happened is that uh, he one puppy is is typically not enough stimulation for that bitch to um, produce milk. You know, it's kind of like, you know, like it's the same with people. If you choose not to breastfeed your child, you just don't breastfeed them. And, you know, your milk tries to come in and you get engorged and eventually it just goes away. Well, that's kind of what happened with, with, Helen is my bitch's name. Um, you know, like she had the colostrum, she fed it to her pup, and like her milk started to come in. She was engorged, and as soon as her swelling went down, it was like, eh, I don't really think she has any milk. And um, so what happened is like the first day the puppy gained uh 13 grams, uh 17 grams, which is honorable in the first day the next day gained 10 grams which is not as much as I'd like to see but um and by the next day it hadn't gained anything and and by the end of that day it had actually lost and I thought okay well she doesn't have enough milk there's there's no way this puppy a puppy should never lose weight um so I decided to start supplementing and I because I do have goats I was able to um, use some of the frozen goat milk that I have in my freezer. Goat milk is a really close match to um, actually a lot of different species. So I personally think it's better to use real milk than milk replacer if it is available to you. And actually real goat's milk is a closer match to a bitch's milk than most puppy milk replacers. So I decided to go ahead and use that. Um, the only problem is puppies have to be fed every two hours because their stomachs are so small. And I'm talking like we started with three mils at a time spread out over 12 feedings. Three mils is um, three-fifths of a teaspoon okay it's not much a teaspoon is five mils that's not a lot and um takes like a half hour every time <laughs> to get it down so um you know you wake up takes you a half hour to like heat it up get it ready you know feed the puppy and then get back to bed your your head hits the pillow you finally fall asleep and then the timer goes off again so um since I started supplementing, we've had, you know, we had a couple days of small gain, and now the last two two days have been significant gains. You gained uh, 25 and almost 30 grams, um, which I am now convinced this puppy is out of the woods. So um, I'm really looking forward to some sleep tonight. I think I'm going to try to stretch his overnight feedings to five hours. I do think Helen still has a little bit of milk, certainly not to sustain his life. We definitely have to supplement, but I am every hour trying to get him on her, on her to try to stimulate milk production. She's probably past the point of no, no return. I mean, we're not going to increase her production at this point, but if we can keep her going, and now that he's a little older and a little stronger, 
stronger. You know, he's taking more milk, so hopefully she'll keep producing at least kind of that low level so that I can maybe stretch his feedings down to like uh, six a day and like one during the night or five a day and one during the night because I would really like to sleep more than three hours at a time. So if I start not making sense, it's because I'm completely sleep deprived. Um, and like I said, the older this puppy gets, the more I'll be able to give it at a feeding. But right now, I mean, he's finally up to a weight. Like, uh, I think I figured out this morning he's almost nine ounces, which is what he should have been when he was born because he was a runt. So, you know, now he's eight days old and he's finally at like a normal birth weight. So, um, I think from here on out, I'm going to try to cut back and we'll see. He's finally like getting what I would call like the, like the puppy chub. So he's a, a like, he's looking really good and healthy. So I'm very excited about that. And I am so excited for this little boy who's getting this puppy. Like, I don't think I've ever had such a bond with a puppy buyer. Um, they named him Atlas. He is like, this is going to be the most loved puppy in history. I, I can't even imagine. So I'm so happy for that family. Um, Another thing that happened this week, we did get one of our Cavalier dogs um, neutered. Um, he's doing okay. I mean, there's like the normal swelling with that. Um, he had a major case of clipper burn, which probably because I'm a hairdresser, like super annoys me. I'm like, do you want me to come show you how to do that properly? And maybe they did everything they could and he just has sensitive skin and that might be it. But I'm kind of like, hold the skin taut, man. I mean, you can't just like run a clipper off a wrinkly scrotum and expect it to be okay. So like the next morning he had like, these horrible like blisters on it. Um, like really bad, like blistery clipper burn. His incision is fine. So um, we're actually using an ear ointment on it, which has a, like a cortisol in it. Um, it's an antibiotic cortisol combo and we're icing it. Um, so he'll be okay. Um, he actually is doing quite well. Um, I forgot to actually put his cone back on or his e-collar before I started the podcast. So I may have to pause that to do that if I hear him licking. But uh, for now, I'm giving him a little bit of a break. Uh, I don't like to put the collar on him because he especially, like, his emotional needs are ridiculous compared to the average dog. Um, so he feels like you don't love him if you <laughs> put something on, that, on him like that. Um, but... So I try to give him a little bit of a break and he's doing okay, but if I see him licking, like, I put it back on, he's stuck with it for the next six hours. And I only take it off if I'm going to be, you know, right next to him and can stop him if he's licking. So, um, other great news, it snowed again. Um, we are supposed to get like eight inches. I don't think we did. I think we'll be lucky if we got five, but, um, that's really good because we needed snow so bad. Um, however, it is now for like the next, like, I, I don't even know how long. I, the seven day forecast predicts it being around zero for at least seven days. So I don't know how long they're actually planning on this, but, um, that kind of sucks. Like once you get below 10, it starts to get really stressful on the animals. Um, like 
like I said, the rabbits do okay. They really do pretty well. And because they are inside and protected from the elements, you know, they're not dealing with the, like the wind and stuff that like the goats and the chickens are. Um, so they're a little better off. It does stay a little bit warmer in there, but constantly thawing out the waters, giving them extra feed, like the, the good hay. Um, the goats, like I try to work on type, some type of like wind block so that, um, <laughs> I have like a social situation with my goats. I have one goat that's like ostracized. So she has like a little, it's almost like a calf hutch. Um, it's made from like an IBC tote. So she's kind of on her own because otherwise she gets picked on and then the other ones are in like the shed and, um, so I prop the shed door open like uh, two feet in winter so that the door is not like wide open. And I use these cinder blocks to prop it open. And now the cinder blocks are like frozen in the ground. So I can't close it or open it more. So I'm probably going to be, which I probably could like break the cinder block apart. But um, I'm probably just going to put some plywood up against it between like that and the feeder just to block any wind from getting over there like in there at night so they can sleep comfortably like I said they do okay the boar goats that's what I have they do remarkably well in the cold and the heat um probably the biggest concern is like their ears so bedded them down real good this morning added extra bedding feeding them extra grain feeding them extra hay um, I have a, like the, they're, um, like a heat, like heated buckets out there. So their water is, um, uh, probably like 80 degrees at least. Um, so it's nice and warm for them. So they are, you know, warming up a little, they aren't drinking, you know, super cold water. Um, so just doing everything we can to keep them comfortable. They've got their coats on. Um, we bedded down the chicken coop. They don't normally have um, an entire coop full of bedding. They normally have just um, sand on the bottom and then they have their roosts. Because chickens don't love to bed down. But when it's really cold like this, they do like to bed down during the day. Now they'll still go up and roost at night. Um, and the, the heat lamps are above their roosters. Well, and that's a problem too, because we probably would need like six heat lamps if we wanted to keep them evenly heated. Um, and like, we just can't run that much electricity that far away from an outlet and not blow breakers. So, um, we do the best we can. We keep the door closed at night. Um, it's locked up pretty good and um we just you know let them bed down during the day to keep themselves warm they do like they kind of like fluff up and make their feathers real big and that creates an airspace um anytime you want insulation you want a big airspace so if like you have bedding packed down for animals that's not very insulating for them you want them to be able to like nestle down in there and have airspace so like every morning when it's really cold I like fluff up with the pitchfork um, all the bedding for like the chickens and the goats just to make sure that they can bed down uh, comfortably and stay warm especially when it's below zero it gets pretty brutal so um what else I have completed my seed order I am um, waiting to see if my sister wants anything 
to add it on to my order. And then I am hoping to complete this afternoon. I have my seed potatoes ordered. I do not order my seed. I order my seed potatoes from a place in um, uh, Vermont County, I think it is, um, near the Madison area. I th it's in the Driftless region. Um, I kind of get car sick when I go out there to pick them up. Um, but I go with my sister and she drives, so that's okay. But if you, the Driftless region of Wisconsin is like um, enough to make you vomit if you get car sick. So um, I don't normally, I did as a kid, I don't get car sick much anymore, but um, going to pick up potatoes will make me one hurl. So, um, I'll have all those orders completed by the end of the day and that's kind of a weight off of my shoulders because um, I finally feel like I'm ready for this season <laughs> Ordered a few more supplies um, and I, I think I'll be good to go. So, um, so today I'm going to play a segment after this intro um, that I recorded this morning with my son on a drive we had out to my dad's house. Uh, my son goes out by my dad now and then. My dad works, um, he has his own business. He does fire machinery maintenance um, and repair out of his own shop. It's it's his own business, but then I think he also, well, and he's a cash cropper, and he also works for this other farmer, um, typically during harvest time and wherever they have holes that they, they need filled. Um, and my son, Taylor, loves going out to help my dad. My dad is, like, one of these great people who, like, um, he's, <laughs> he always had this saying growing up. Um, he always said, there's more, more than one way to skin a cat, Ange. And, and he's right. Like, there are a lot of things that, you know, if you don't know it, he just figures it out. And he kind of has one of those minds. Like, he's very mechanical and he figures out how things work. If he doesn't know how to do something, he'll figure it out. Now, my son and I think my niece and nephew have introduced him to YouTube and, um, I don't have it, but what's the other? Is it like, hey, Google? Like, when you just talk. I don't talk to my phone, so I don't know. But... So he got a smartphone like probably two years ago and um, they've been teaching him all the wonders of what a smartphone can do. So <laughs> that has broadened his horizons. But my son is so fortunate to have a grandpa that he can go to um, to learn all these things. And, and my dad has a lot of the tools that you know, maybe my, we don't have at home and he's got a welder. And so my son has learned a ton from him and he's been going there on a regular basis for almost three years now. Um, and I've just really seen a desire in him to, you know, like he was semi-interested. It started out like me more thinking like, oh my gosh, if this kid doesn't learn how to do something for himself, <laughs> you know um and now he's like totally into it he can help my dad fix any, any machinery and I think it just made him not afraid to try things you know my son bought a truck 
probably mm, three months ago and he's now like replaced the transmission and the drive shaft and the clutch and the leaf springs and you know he ordered a stereo uh, well he ordered a subwoofer and fixed the stereo system that was in it beforehand and made a box for his sub and all these things and I just look at him and think like I am so lucky that like I think part of that he learned from my dad and my husband, just not being afraid to tackle things. Like, it's okay to not know how to do something. And trust me, he made some mistakes along the way. Um, but he is not afraid to try it and learn from his mistakes. Um, so I am so lucky for a dad who's willing to take him under his wing and spend some time um, working on these things with him. And it actually has been quite some time since Taylor's been over there to help. Um, during the school year, we try to get him over there pretty regularly. Um, and it, Taylor's now he's getting older and he's working so much. And he came in a couple weeks ago and was like, I gotta look at the calendar and see when I can go spend some time to hang out with grandpa. So, you know, he goes, they do an overnighter. They watch wrestling at night in their long johns, which is a little disturbing, but you know, um, it is what it is. And then I pick him up the next day after work. So he spends two days with him. And, you know, honestly, he probably learns more from my dad than he would ever learn in a book. So um, it is a fantastic, fantastic experience for him to get to spend that time over there. So um, on our way out there this morning, we talked a little bit about the rabbits. Um, my son was the one who got started in the rabbits. Um, then he decided like, oh, he's kind of sick of it. And so he got out of it. And then my daughter had them. They were solely hers for a year. They kind of transitioned ownership to her. And she, you know, she turned 18 and was kind of like, this is probably going to be my last year at the fair and I don't really want to do it anymore and I'm starting school. And so I took them over. And so now they're all my rabbits. Um, and I love them dearly. You know, I've been involved in the rabbits for years, but... Um, not, this is the first time they've like solely been mine. So today we're going to talk about how we got started in rabbits. I'm going to have a conversation with my son about that. And then after that, I'm just going to talk about kind of how to get started in rabbits. What are some things you need to think about? What are supplies you need? Um, and so in the meanwhile, let's listen to the interview with my son. So we're going to talk a little bit about when we first got our rabbits. We're driving. We have a dog on our lap. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> so I'm with my 15, yeah, 15 year old son, Taylor, <laughs> who, I, who I've cornered because we've got a half hour drive. He's a student driver. So this is extra safe. <laughs> We, we won't tell his instructor. Um, <clears throat> so Taylor first got the rabbits. He had wanted... Um, you wanted a pet rabbit. Yeah, I wanted a pet rabbit. And what, what was my response? You're like, no, if we're going to get rabbits, we're going to get something that is actually useful. Tell him about, tell him about the... Um, 
the ultimatum I gave you before, like six months prior to getting the rabbits? I don't remember. The trick with the cat? You don't remember? No idea. So, I told you, you you're not going to take care of a rabbit. I don't believe you. So I said, if you can clean the cat's litter and feed her for six months without me, you know, asking you over and over and reminding you, and you can prove yourself, you can get a rabbit. Do you remember that? Nope. So you were, what, eight? Yeah. And after like six months, well, and then your time was supposed to start over if I had to remind you. So after six months, you said to me, Mom, I think you're trying to trick me. You know I won't be able to do it for six months without being reminded. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. It really was just a way for you to have to change cat litter. <laughs> and then that was when the conversation came up. You know, you were like, well, what else can I do to prove this to you? And I said, well... You get rabbits and butcher them and I thought you would be like no I'm not doing that are you kidding me <laughs> but you said okay <laughs> next thing do you remember that video that YouTube video that you used to watch with the guy butchering no. you don't remember that oh, either the one with the board nailed to his basement ceiling yes and I, and <laughs> I used to hear you, you watch that video over and over. And like, I could hear you giggling from the other room. And I, I come in, I'm like, why, what, what's going on? And then do you remember what made you always laugh? <laughs> you, you were like, oh, the, he cuts his heads, cuts their heads off and throws them in the bucket. And then like, the guy showed like the bucket where he put all the, put all the insides and you would giggle and you were like look at all the heads in there <laughs> I was a little uncomfortable with it because I was like I don't he's eight like I'm not sure if I should be letting him watch this or not <laughs> but I guess you turned out all right so all right yeah uh so anyway then so you did some research yeah and you narrowed it down to what breeds uh, California, New Zealand, and Silver Fox. Okay. And then why did we end up deciding on Californians? Because they were available. I think, yeah, I think that might have been sure. it. We were the only ones we could find. It's really hard to find meat rabbits. I mean, like, Craigslist, and we looked, like, on the Arbo website, and I don't think we could find... We did find, um the name of a breeder who um, we ended up meeting later on in life. We, he shall remain nameless. <laughs> um, and he had, did he refer us to, he had given us some ideas and then I actually had called about one on Craigslist and that girl was like, oh, you should, you should go to these other people over by Black Creek and, um, I was like, oh, that's the phone number. I don't think I got a phone number. Like, he just had their name. So, But she had their phone number or something, and I had contacted them. Um, and Frank, her 
name was, we still don't know, don't, we do not need another snowblower. Stop looking at free stuff on the side of the road. Um, we still don't actually know to this day if her name is Sherry or Cherry because, <laughs> like, I've always called her Sherry. It's spelled like Cherry, but, like, I find that hard to believe because she's not, I don't know, because she's got to be, I don't know, like, in her 50s. I find that would be an odd name. I don't know. We, we really don't know. I call her Sherry, and she's never corrected me. Um... So she was very nice and gave us a lot of information and helped us get started. And what what did we buy initially from her? We bought... I just bought a donut. Just... Did we get Maggie right away from her? Maggie was from that guy from Chilton. No, no. That was Mary Lou and uh, Molly. Molly. And then we had Mike. Nice. He had an M... <laughs> We're laughing about Mike because there's a story about him. You had a thing for M names. Like, after, after like, your eighth rabbit, I'm like, listen, you cannot name any more rabbits with an M because I can't ended, keep them And they straight. always ended with an E. Right. Like Molly, the, Maggie, Mary, <laughs> Andy. So, so we got, we got Mike, the book, and I can't remember if we got Maggie right away or if that was a later purchase we got we must have gotten her right away the first two were Mary Lou and Molly and they were um they were from a guy I don't know like in, well, in Timbuktu where they have no road signs and this was before like everybody had smartphones and dad kept calling me to like check Google Maps because he had no idea where he was because none of the roads out there are labeled and they're all like crappy, <laughs> curvy roads. He had no idea where he was. He's like, I don't know where I am. I just went like over a river to find a river on Google Maps. <laughs> well, and, and then we later found out that dad actually taught that guy's daughter. Oh yeah, because that's how we got... That's how we got, it was a, uh, the A teacher in Chilton, like, gave him this guy's phone number or something. And then I was, like, always, this is, an, this is, this is a theme with, like, rabbit people. Like, you call the house, and, like, their 75-year-old mother answers. And you're not really sure, like, do they live together? Or, like, we're not, like, they had they have separate houses or do you live with her he, they must have had separate houses but I for some reason it was like the farm number because the guy yeah. was the guy a dairy I, farmer the, yeah he had a dairy yeah farm. but then he had some well and he had Californians but he had mainly different breeds of rabbits didn't he I, um no I think it was mostly Californians okay but Sherry had a couple other breeds yeah, but I wasn't to the guy in Potter. I know I had called him a few years later when I was looking for a buck or something, and he he was like, I don't really have any purebred Californians right now. So, but anyway, so that, and he was a nice guy, right? Dan, Dan yeah, the rabbit yeah. man. Um, and so, like, you, you had to, like, call the house and talk to the mom, and then, like, when he would come in for lunch, he would, um, Call you he'd back call or... you back and then you'd miss his call and then it was just this whole back and forth all the time and then um so we got two from him 
Um, and then we got the Maggie and Mike. And then, you know, so we... They were not old enough to breed yet when we got them, right? Is that right? No. So we, we got them, like... What was that? I want to say that was, like, May, June. Yeah, May sounds right. April or May. I think there might have been a little snow on the ground yet. It might have been April. Yeah, because it was cold when we picked them up. And then, um, and then I think we bred them in July or August. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And then, uh, that was problematic. <laughs> we had a lot of hot we had a really hard time kind of getting them bred. So Mike, our first buck, he was, um, he was a forehead licker. <laughs> he was just really into like, um, loving them emotionally <laughs> and not so much physically. He did not want to mount them. He was like, he would, I, he would give it like what, three seconds and then he'd like hop down and then he'd, he'd come around the front and then he'd lick their foreheads. And I don't know why I felt so uncomfortable with this. I mean, you were eight years old and you didn't exactly know like what this was supposed to look like. Do you remember the first time we brought him? You don't? Okay. I remember holding my rabbit and then dad made me like talk and he like took a video of me like, hi, my name is Taylor and <laughs> I, um, and I'm bringing my rabbit for the first time. It's this day, and I'm eight years old. <laughs> and then, I don't know, something like that. So we were re trying to record this for, you know, record purposes, you know, like a milestone. Like, you had worked up to this. Because you had spent all, like, winter researching this and trying to find rabbits and whatnot. And, um... So I, I do remember him, now that you say that, recording, making you hold the rabbit. He still has the video. Does he? <laughs> we should post that on Facebook, am I? No. On the podcast Facebook page? No? Okay. Um, anyway, Mike did not want to, Mike did not want to breed them. He was a, he was a forehead licker. He, he was a dud. Uh, we did eventually, we had a few litters from him, right? I mean... Yeah, like two or three. Two or three. I don't Did each one of those does even have a litter by him? I'm not each for sure. Each one had one. Each one had one for sure. Then we said he was up. Then we got Winslow. We That was right. We got... Was it we Winslow? We got Winslow Okay. Next. So it was Winslow after him. So, um, so we did have a couple litters on him, but it was really frustrating, like, trying to get him bred back. It was really hard, and, um... Luckily, our dentist is actually, we drive a ridiculous amount to go to our dentist. And she's only, what, maybe a half hour from the rabbit people that we got some yeah. of our breeding stock from. Half hour, um, 45 minutes. So, like, this lady's nice enough to, like, let us come at 6 a.m. so we can be to the dentist by 7. Um, so we called her up and we were like, hey, we got to... We got a dud here. He just licks the foreheads. Like we tried every little trick we could. Oh, um, I didn't. We didn't finish the story about the first time we bred him. So we're all standing around. I mean, the poor guy's trying to perform with an audience, you know. And we we put the dough in his cage, 
Taylor's standing there and he's kind of like got this oh like, do you remember? He's kind of got this like excited like, yeah, yeah, all right, what's going to happen? You know, and he, you know, he mounted her, he gets down, he licks her forehead, licks her forehead. And I'm like, come on, come on, buddy. And I'm like, okay, get back, get back up there. And Taylor's like, he's getting her, he's getting her. And he's kind of like tipping his head to the side and looking, and I was like, I feel uncomfortable with this. I mean, this is the facts of life, but like you had, I had exposure to that at an early age and you didn't. And I don't, I guess I remember at some point it kind of dawned on me like what was actually going on, but I, I, um, you didn't really, you didn't really have a lot of that. And I felt odd that like your head was so close to them while he was trying to breed her. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, okay, so back to, we called her up, we said, we got a, we got a dud here, you know, um, and she's like, well, that's interesting, so we got Winslow, we kept Mike for a while, whatever happened to him? Butchered him. Did we? Or did yeah. he get, I feel like he got. No, 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 he's the one that, he's he the one that like got sick He had like a respiratory infection. We like feed him electrolytes, and then I walked out there, and, and, then, and I came in, and it was like, Mike's dead. Yeah, I remember you were really upset. You cried a little, didn't you? Uh -huh. I think so. Because that was our first one that died. Yeah. Because uh -huh. we were holding on to him, you know, just in case he decided to, like... Because we would try it with him, and then if he was like, nah, then we'd use Winslow. Because we still wanted to get, you know, like... um, We wanted to keep one back, you know, that was sired by him. Did we in the end, was he, did he maybe sire Mandy? Uh, yeah. I think so. Yes. Um, those M names just, I can't, they got confusing. Um, but he, yeah, I think he had a respiratory infection because him and Maggie both got sick at the same time. And then, um, they weren't eating or drinking and we had I think we gave them LA 200 at the time and um, the problem with rabbits is that their their stomachs are so sensitive so when you give them like an antibiotic no we didn't give them LA 200 do we have Salmet maybe or no, uh, I don't remember we gave them LA 200 because we, we got some from Nate no that was Ivermec for something later we didn't even know Nate back then. Anyway. Um, so we... Their, their stomachs are so sensitive um, that it actually... Mike was fine because he got he got better, right? And we, we had heard about this phenomenon where, like, it, it improves the infection. They get better. You got to give them, like, some probiotic... But it like destroyed, the antibiotic like destroys their gut flora. And then like 10 days later, you just come out and he's, they're dead. And you're like, what the heck happened? Like he was fine, you know? So it's like they, they make it for a little while and then they're just, I don't know. They don't make it. I got a line of six cars behind me. <laughs> Taylor's laughing. So he's a student driver. So of course he follows the speed limit and we are driving on a state road right now and the people behind him are angry because he is driving the speed limit and he's and we've been going like you are over. going a little over so he's holding up traffic and 
making people angry. But so anyway, uh, so we got into the we got into um, we were raising up litters. We took a picture of his first litter. We brought to the butcher shop. We have a meat market around here that um, butchers um is like. 325 a piece or something so initially we were thinking about like doing it ourselves and that's why he was watching YouTube videos of like guy butchering them and after a while I thought you know what I'm gonna be the one that ends up doing this because realistically an eight-year-old is not gonna be proficient at butchering so I ended up we called around there and this one place did it so I was like you know what for 325 this is a cost we can pass on to the consumer if we sell some and I won't feel bad about it at all so so that's what we did um, and we we were having like three each rabbit was having like three maybe four litters a year for quite a while and you know some years were better than others and then after what two years did you start showing them yeah, he was selling some to some restaurants. Um, that's a tough thing because they're wildly unreliable. They nobody like calls you back. Nobody calls you back, and they order stuff, and then it turns out they don't actually want it. And then you go to like pick up your check, and then they accidentally have it written out to the wrong. <laughs> they write it out to the business and not right like the wrong thing. Even though your invoice says right on it, please make checks payable to you know. So anyway. That was that was a not a good thing. Uh, you know, he sold a little. He sold a little like on Craigslist. People would call and some word of mouth ones. You um, started showing a couple years into it. Uh, your first year, you brought what? Uh, Larry, I think was your first one. La Larry. Larry, Bonnie, no, Scotty, Larry, no. Yep. I think that's right. Who was the other? Because they were all named after people. Scott, Bonnie, Larry, and Lynn. Because Grandma no. thought that we named it after her. But really we named it after... Was it a Lynn. girl? Yeah. I didn't think it was... Because oh. I brought a senior... No, Dennis! And... It was Larry, Dennis, and... Who's Dennis? <laughs> I don't know anybody named no, Dennis. No, I, I knew a guy named Dennis... And we named it Dennis just because we couldn't think of another name. But there was a Lynn a different year, I think. Oh, yeah, because Larry wanted Larry for the soup off. Yes. Yes, that's what it was. So, so we, the first year, he brought three rabbits, two bucks and a doe. And I think you got, well, they were June, were they all, they must have been all juniors. Yeah. And, of course, he got best of breed, but he was the only one in his breed class. So, <laughs> so that kind of worked in your favor. Well, actually... Uh, was, there was a pet, but those don't go in the breed. No, uh, no, I think you had like one in the market class, and then. Well, anyway. Did I make it into the seal? You did, yes, because you you sold Larry, and then it was donated back. That I believe uh, Jerry bought him that first year, wasn't it? Uh, oh no, Pam at Subway. Oh, yeah. They bought it. So at our fair, at our county fair, you can enter in an auction class, and then it's judged, and, like, each one that's the, like, the best of breed in that auction class can go to the sale. Um, 
where you make way more money than what your animal is technically worth, uh, you know, market value. Um, and it's just a way for like local businesses to help support 4-H kids. And um, so these businesses come and I think you got like $150 or something your first year and, or maybe oh, even more. Like was that the, was that the big year? That's when I got 350 and then every year it just went downhill from there. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, Shauna bought yours one year and paid a significant amount of money for it. She bought Morgan's for 420 Oh my gosh. He's still bitter about it. <sighs> so anyway, yes. So thank you, thank you um, Subway and Oostberg for buying Taylor's Rabbits. Let's see. Gibsville Implement has bought your rabbit. And Shauna. Uh, Shauna, my boss, every year <laughs> goes to the sale and spends an insane amount of money on on their rabbits. Um, I told her to stop doing that because, like, you know, if you want to go, just bid them up. <laughs> you don't have to spend the money. <laughs> but anyway, so that was an experience, and we got a little bit more into that, and then you started selling some, like, as breeding stock, and that's honestly a little more profitable because you don't have to butcher them, and you don't have to store them in your freezer, and you can, they're worth more when they're alive. So, you know, that's, that's a bonus. Um, and so show for a couple of years, let's see, we've gotten, and then Morgan started showing and Taylor was, that's our, my daughter. She's, how, how old is she? She's 18 now. Oh, she's oh, she, no, she's yes, 18. she is. <laughs> I should know this. Um, you didn't know my age either. I know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Still know my I don't know my age either. <laughs> um, so, um, where was I? I we lost. Our brain isn't working. <laughs> Morgan started showing. Oh yeah, Morgan started showing. Taylor's a little bit better, but like, so the first year that Morgan showed, we were going around and we were gonna like. Taylor, they were mainly Taylor's rabbits, and Morgan was going to buy some juniors from him because she wanted to start showing rabbits. And, and keep them in my cages. And keep them in his cages. And as you can tell, what, five years later, and he still is bitter about it. Like, because she didn't she pay. She didn't pay a She didn't pay cages. rent for those cages. <laughs> but here's the thing Taylor didn't pay rent to use my garage, so I don't really, <laughs> like, whatever. Anyway. Uh, when it came time to pick out rabbits, he was like, I'm sick of this. I'm going in the house. So I was like, but Taylor, you get first pick because they're your rabbits. You know, no, I don't care. Whatever. I'll take whatever ones. He got, you know, a little. It was and then unfair. She, she it was, was older than me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because it's always, you know, somebody else's fault with kids. Yep. Um, so, Basically. <laughs> so... Um, Basically, what happened is Morgan got reserve champion that year, and Taylor was super bitter about it, right? Yeah, and yep. then oh I made a comeback the next year, got reserve champion. He got reserve champion the made next year. Made a comeback year. the next year, got grand champion. Yes. That showed her. That showed her. She really didn't care, actually. <laughs> Yes, so we had Grand Champion, and um, and that was that your last year? That was my last you year. You retired. He retired from rabbit showing. He got too cool, I think. Is that what happened? Um, no. 
No. Okay. I got sick of it. He got sick of it. Well, you did do it for like six, six years. Six years or something. Yeah. Right? Six years is... And he got sick of it. And, and then I started showing goats. And then he started showing goats. Yep. And he I likes... And then you... Again. And then he... <laughs> and then he will tell you a hundred reasons why it was not his fault. But he signed up in the wrong class last year because he was looking at the open class entries and After. not the <laughs> not the not the junior fair which is where 4-H'ers sign up and it's clearly it was a it was a mistake and it happens but I will say before he submitted them I said I would like to check over your entries and he basically said I'm not an idiot I know what I'm doing I don't need you to check my entries and I said fine now this is this is this past was that this past fair That's this past yeah, so fair. he was yeah. 15 years old folks I agree he is not an idiot but okay <laughs> but I am just gonna say before all this happened I bought we drove to Janesville oh and bought a goat for me to take to the auction yes this is true this and is, this I spent $25 on that goat and <laughs> Biggest 20, waste of money. Twenty-five, folks. The $25, not to mention my gas, was not... We were already down in Jefferson. We were in Jefferson. Out. So, you know, the extra 45 minutes to Janesville. Um, <laughs> but round, well, each way. So it was an hour and a half round trip. But anyway, that wasn't even the kicker. It was, what all happened? He got an in infection after his castration, right? Was that it? No, his no. horn. No, there was something else. Oh. Because there was... The horns was like... There was something else he got. What was... Mm, I don't remember now. Did he get pneumonia? No. I don't know. He had something That poor him. kid spent more time on penicillin than that. Then he had... So then he had scurs. But... So we like had him re-dehorn and since he was older I didn't want to do it so I had the vet do it and that got infected both sides they it got so infected and then the the um like the nubs came completely off you could literally see into his sinuses <laughs> so then we had to like make him like you know this little we like took gauze and like wrapped it all around his head <laughs> under he his jaw like with like long like after he got <laughs> shot in the war or something. <laughs> like a convalescent home for goats. <laughs> and <then laughs> so <laughs> that kid was like always, always there was always something wrong. Was it his castration? I feel like I can't remember now what the problem no, his castration went fine. I do not remember what the first time he was on penicillin for. But like this kid I mean, he just was, like, constantly, like, injuring himself, and and he was the most obnoxious kid ever. But anyway, back to the fair entries. This is a podcast about rabbits, so we'll, <laughs> we'll be brief. So you, what, I think you what missed are we your doing? Turn, I think he missed his turn. I <laughs> um, see, and he slipped. I don't know what he's doing. You better hang back. You can't even see the person driving, so you know they've got to be at least 80 because they're shorter than the seats. They've shrunken. So, <laughs> so 
So anyway, um, and the fact that we're going 40 on the highway that, you know, um, anyway, this is the road. Hang, hang back from this guy. Seriously. Um, How do you know it's a guy. Well, whatever. So the way our rules work, if you want to, this is another breed that you can, or another species that you can enter in the, these auction classes. Okay. So he got this kid because it was an over kid. He wanted to, um, enter it in the auction class. So in order to do the auction class, you also have to show in a breed class. Great, which is fine. We had, you know, we had one for that. So he signed up for the the wrong. No, you have to, you have to be in showmanship. To... And showmanship and a breed class. No, just oh, not a breed. Just showmanship. That's what it is. In order to show in the auction, you have to do showmanship. Okay, great. So. The problem is he had one goat that he signed up for to sh for a breed class and showmanship and then he was going to show this other goat in the breed class and we didn't have a lot of kids last year and my daughter had a different one to show and we had one die and so it ended up like this was kind of his only option but then when he signed up in the wrong class for he signed it did you sign it up as a doe and it was a it was a weather I think that's what it was well, but it was an accident and and so because the animal you show in showmanship no it was the weather and I signed it up as a goat yeah that's what I said oh, okay. um the animal you show in showmanship has to be shown in a breed class so because he signed Some up for the wrong lost a fender yeah. and a <laughs> yes so because he signed up for the wrong breed class, he couldn't show in showmanship. And because he couldn't show in showmanship, he couldn't bring his animal to the auction. So he ended up showing no goats this year. Yep. Yep. So, and on top of that, I couldn't do the demolition derby. And then, because the auction was during the demolition derby. And we wouldn't let him do the demolition derby because the auction time was at the same time as the demolition derby. And so... You know, next year, the moral of the story is let your mom check your fare entries over. Okay, moving on to rabbits. I think we're about done with rabbits, though. Are you, do you miss the rabbits at all? Um, I got rid of rabbits, so I didn't have to do chores in the morning. But now <laughs> I have to do chickens. Yeah, he did swap. <laughs> when he got rid of the rabbits, I did make him start doing the chicken chores. But you don't have to thaw out the little individual things for the chickens. Yeah, it is. It is a little less work. Rabbits are a little more work than the chickens. And just throw some feed at them and water. Throw some feed and change their water, not as frequently as you should. No, I do change it every day. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I always find it amazing that like when Taylor leaves for a couple days, I get way more eggs from those chickens than when he's doing chores. And I'm not sure if it's just because they're happier because they. I don't know. Hey, I got 13 yesterday. That's pretty you good. You got 13. Sometimes I suspect when you, which is good when it's this cold and snowing and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes when you come in with like as many eggs as we have chickens in the winter, I sometimes suspect that a handful of them are yesterday's eggs. Suspect it's 
because I'm I will probably firm or deny <laughs> that statement. <laughs> so, folks, I mean, we know it's he's not. It's the egg collection. That like that's the product that you're supposed to collect all the time. Yes, but it is so much work. You have to it's, bring them in the house, wash them, dry them, put them in cartons, put a date on the carton, and then put them in the fridge. Yes, it takes like two days three minutes it takes you two days it takes three minutes for the rest of us <laughs> and now that we don't have that broody chicken anymore like it's easier to get the eggs out from underneath because there's nobody like trying to take your hand off the only problem the only thing is she actually like we didn't have a lot of frozen eggs last year because she kept them nice and warm you know but she was not healthy. We were not going to make her go through another year because she was just filled with anxiety all the time, like worrying about keeping these eggs warm. And her comb was like pale pink. Like she was not a healthy chicken because she, like she never came down to eat and she never went outside to graze. And she was just like always like, stay away from my eggs, you other chickens. And well, and I think they picked on her pretty bad. So she's probably better off. Were we supposed to get more snow? Um, yeah, I think so. Oh. Um, anyway. <laughs> we should just quit now because we're wandering. Um, let's... For, for the rabbits, are you glad you did rabbits? They're more, no, more of a money waster than a money maker. <laughs> but well, they are not busy. a big money maker. They kept you busy. You learned a lot. Right? Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> you did enjoy it while it lasted. I liked the one $500 check I got. You liked the $500? Oh, when you sold all those ones to that restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. But that was the only big check I got. Yeah. Oh. We did also sell them to a, what would you call Jean? Oh, like she a, was more a of dealer? Like a... like a rabbit dealer? Like, okay, so but this it is... wasn't just rabbits. It was, like, chickens and turkeys, too. Did he do chickens and he turkeys? He did chickens and turkeys. He, and popcorn. popcorn. That was... He, he was a big and... So, uh, we sold rabbits. This is another one of those rabbit guys. Like, again, I don't think he lived with the mom, but the phone number you got... We got his phone number from our butcher, I think. The phone number you get is always, like, the... 75 year old mom's phone number and then in order to get to him you have to like call her house and then like when he comes she has him call you back <laughs> so he like so he lives closer to the Madison area he was maybe what 45 minutes from Madison mm, yeah um, well Columbus where I don't know where yeah is, and um so he, but he would like sell them to the restaurants. Um, and the first time I think did, we maybe met him at the butcher shop because it was a, he was coming up anyway. And then we sold him rabbits there. And then the second, the second time, time me and dad brought him down. No, me and you, um, with the truck. Uh, and cause the we were, cooler. yeah. And, um, we like got in there and then saw what he was selling them for and I got in the truck and I was like I feel really bad because we I think we sold them to him for a flat fee uh, based on like, an average weight I, did, I think it was like 15 or 
four. No, we sold them like less. 14, it was like something. fourteen a rabbit, or and like if you bought more of them, it was maybe like I think one time we sold that time it was maybe even like twelve dollars a rabbit because he bought like thirty some. And they were all smaller. And yeah, and they were like three pound averages, and he knew that. You know, we we told him what the average weight was, and he we agreed on a price and. um then when I got in there, I don't remember what he was selling them for per pound, but because he had signs up, he had like big, like a little shop and he sold like popcorn and did he have like maple syrup and stuff in there maybe from yeah. other people? And then he had, yeah, like freezers with like rabbits and chickens, I guess I do remember that. And then I was like reading the sign and I thought, well, that's not coming out. And we got in the truck and I'm like, he's selling them for less than what we were selling him for. So my hope was that he was selling his rabbits for that. And that because he had more, maybe it cost him less. And somehow he could make that come out economically. Um, and that I hope I was hoping he was just like raking those restaurants over the coals because I was like I don't know if he's just not good at math or what like I felt really bad but I was like I he's an adult you know he's like 50 years old it's not like I, I don't know so but that was that the last time we sold rabbits to him yeah, yeah. so then I, I never had enough another yeah another time we called him and then it sounded like he just wasn't in a financial position to fork out you know a bunch of money for rabbits so um so anyway uh we're gonna end this segment and we will come i will come back and actually give intelligent detailed information about rabbits okay so i am back in my car recording which i realize is not ideal because the audio quality is not going to be as good but um I get so little time to actually sit and record something, so I think this is probably how some of it's just going to have to be. So um, let's just go over some basic terminology um, for the rabbits. Um, so the males are called bucks and the females are called does. Um, and the babies, like the newborns, um, pretty much up to weaning age are called kits, K-I-T-S. Um, and anything that's, you know, not an adult, uh, kind of a basic term is just a junior. You call them a junior. Um, if you're showing, they are split between juniors and seniors, and there's clear age divisions for that. Um, in the meat rabbits, there's actually a six to eight month division also. So, um, uh, Bunny is not a real thing. Bunnies are Disney characters, um, anything fictional. Bunny is not a term for a baby rabbit. It's a kit. So um, I that is one thing that drives me crazy when people use the wrong, the wrong terms for animals. And then it just um, doesn't make you sound very smart. So um, a sire, it would be like on the father side so that's the uh, paternal side if you hear somebody talk about um, you know a litter was sired by him it means he you know he was the sire the father of that litter um, the dam is the maternal side um, so the dam and then you'll also hear turns terms like 
you know, grand dam or grand sire um, or like maternal grand dam or paternal grand dam. That'd be like the grand dam on the father's side. So um, those are just kind of some basic terms if you didn't know them. Um, so let's just kind of take a little bit of time. I'll try to be brief because this episode is getting long um, to talk about what you need to decide before you even start looking for rabbits to purchase. Um, so first you have to do your research. Um, a great book that we read when we got started, um, was Raising Rabbits Successfully by Bob Bennett. Now he's written quite a few books. He may have even written, um, like one of the stories guides. So for a lot of different types of livestock, there is a book series. It's like stories guide to hogs or stories guide to raising ducks or rabbits or whatever. Um, And then there's also the raising blank successfully. So raising pigs successfully, raising rabbits successfully. There's a series Um, and they're, they're pretty informative. Um, It, it really kind of gives you the nuts and bolts, um, especially that information about breeding and kindling nutrition. Um, oh, kindle, that's another term I didn't go over. Um, when when rabbits give birth, that's kindling. When like a dog is whelping and when a goat is, uh, you know, kidding. But kindling is when a rabbit gives birth. Um, so... First, you need to decide what breed you want, and that really is going to depend um, kind of what's in your area and um, what you're raising it for. I mean, this is geared towards raising meat rabbits, so, you know, your options are somewhat limited, you know, to like four or five breeds. I would, however, recommend going with purebred instead of um, crossbreeding. So, within within a breed you know what you're gonna get you know there's breed standards now you can find better breeding stock and and not as good breeding stock Um, but you're getting a consistent you have consistent genetics there when you crossbreed you can get some really really different ones um, in the same litter you know whether it's a bigger boned or smaller boned or you know it just you're not getting as consistent of a product and especially if you're if you have a lot of customers and if you're just doing this for yourself maybe you don't care um, but for a customer you want to keep a consistent product um, and I really recommend with just finding a breed and sticking to it um, you're gonna need to decide if you want to do raise them in colonies or cages. Um, We raise ours in cages. Uh, They all have their own cage. The litters are together until they're 10 to 12 weeks old. I do um, pull the bucks out if they start to pick on the does. Um, if If you raise two does together, they're usually fine up to adulthood until, um, like, until you separate them, um, to kindle. And, and then it's hard to put them back together. See, I I struggle to understand the whole um, colony thing. For me, I like cages. They're clean. They're up off the ground. Um, you know, all the manure falls through. You just scoop it out underneath. Um, they don't fight. 
if one gets sick, it doesn't pass it around to the other ones because they're all separate. Um, I think there's more reasons to raise them in wire cages and not in wooden cages. Let me be very clear about that. You do not want to raise them in wood um, because it just absorbs all of that piss and it, you will regret it. Um, but some people do raise them in colonies. I can't understand how it I can't understand how it works like it's hard enough to get two does to keep them from killing each other um I don't know how you keep the bucks from killing each other your does are constantly pregnant getting rebred really before they should um and how are you record keeping if you don't know like which buck they're coming from and when they're actually due and how I, I just, for me, it's not it. Now, if, you, if you're if you interested in that, plus they're bedded down on the ground, and I just, uh, I don't think it's as clean. Rabbits like to be clean, and uh, we have, out of necessity sometimes, had to, in winter, if we had some, you know, too many to keep in cages, we have kept um, some litters of juniors together like until they were ready to be butchered and I'm talking like we bedded them down for three weeks before you know just because we didn't have room um and I they just aren't as clean I I'm not a fan of it um but if you do decide to do that um make sure you do your research about it and kind of kind of know what you're in for and don't be afraid to change your mind too um you know, if you try it and it doesn't work, you can always change. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, stick with that. Um, but just know that you may have to change and plan and plan ahead for that. Um, you're going to need to decide what kind of water waterers you're going to use. Um, I use, they're like um, quart-sized water bottles with the ball water on the end. So they like lick the ball and when the ball slides back and forth, the water drips out. They also have ones that are that same style um, with a nippler end and it's just, it looks like a little pin kind of, and then they like push it down with their teeth and then the water drips out. Um, those are fine in summer. I don't like them in winter because typically the ones that are like that, that the plastic they made, they're made out of is different and they, uh, they crack and break. Um, so we typically use the ball waters. Um, you can also install a watering system. We do have that. Um, I will, I guess I'll get more into that at a different point. There's pros and cons. Uh, we, if, if it's not a heated, um, place, it, you can't use them. Um, if it's going to get below freezing, that's just not an option, but like we have used it in the summer. Um, and I'll get a little more into that into a later episode, but those, um, are considerations, um, what kind of feeders do you want to use? Um, I would definitely go with galvanized metal. And if you can find the ones with like the screen bottoms so that um, anything, any of the dust and stuff sifts out of there, those are ideal. Um, they do make ones that are like a, it's like a sawdust within a composite material and it looks like plastic like a real hard plastic but it's not um we got one of those they ate it 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 was supposed to be you know not able for them to chew it but they did um 
You can also get ceramic cracks, but with a lot of those like larger breeds, they're like, I'll just knock this over. They spill it, you know, because they have to apparently like be in the dish while they're eating it. And then they tip them over. And for us, we've just found it works best to get those, um, the little galvanized feeders. Now, um, some of the bucks and older does have a hard time getting their head in the small ones. So you want to make sure that the ones you're getting have a wide enough space. Um, we, I have had trouble, like they just can't reach all the feed down in there. So then you have to put more feed in it than what they really need. And then they're overeating. Um, so just be careful that you're getting ones that they can fit their face in decent if you have a larger breed. So um, the other thing you need to start doing is looking at what are you going to feed them. Um, we use Kent brand pellets. We have also used Mana Pro um, for a short amount of time. Um, I'm pressed, I am impressed with the fat and protein content of the Kent. I really do like it. Um, we've had really good luck on it. And I would recommend it, but it is kind of hard to find. Um, there used to be a bunch of feed mills around our area. Um, they just don't carry it anymore. What I don't recommend is uh, buying what you can get, like, um, like at Fleet Farm or like the store. Try to find a feed mill where you can get it. Like, I actually have to order my rabbit pellets by the pallet in order to get the ones I want because nobody, nobody near me carries them anymore. But they will buy it for me on a whole pallet. Just so I have to order them and. Eh, it lasts me this last one probably only lasts me six months which in the summer can be problematic but um the way it ends up I usually order halfway through summer so it's only sitting around in that heat for a small amount of time um and we'll talk a little bit more about how I store that later too so um, but so decide what you're going to feed them. There are other options. If you want to go to a quote unquote natural feeding, um, there are different options for you. And we can get more into that in a later podcast also. Um, but you also need to source hay. And again, this is something I strongly recommend you do not buy at a store. Look on Craigslist, find a farmer. You're only going to need a couple bales a year, depending on how many rabbits you have. Um, my the rabbits like the grassier stuff the alfalfa will be a higher protein content um and you know just part of it depends on what you can find but make sure it hasn't been rained on it makes sure it is not dusty um it doesn't have a lot of weeds in it and you want it as um second or third crop is ideal you probably don't want first crop um he is harvested typically, you know, well, or in this area, at least three times a year. Um, and that first crop is usually pretty stemmy. Um, and those later crops will have a higher relative feed value. So that's what you're looking for. If you can find a nice grassy third crop, you know, um, that's, that's what I like to feed. Um, the rabbits like it. They like, they don't like the stemmy stuff as much. And if they don't like it, they'll just let it sit. So, I mean, don't waste your money on something that they're not going to eat. Um, so those are things you all need to just start thinking about. And we will get into more detail on later podcasts. But for now, if you could go ahead and rate our podcast and subscribe to it, I would appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments, send me an email or a Facebook message. Our email is 
thefarmerpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at The Farmer Podcast. And that is all for now. And next time we will be talking in a little more detail on some of these uh, things that I mentioned today. And we're also uh, hopefully going to delve into breeding and kindling. <laughs>